It's time for episode 443 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where we're four by four. My name is Dan Morton, and I'm joined across the internet by my good friend, my pal, my co-host, my dungeon buddy. It's Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? <laughs> I'm doing well, although I am having a little bit of a flashback to like middle school biology Punnett squares. It's freaking me mm-hmm, out a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking about like, how could you take different podcast hosts and sort of put them in a Punnett square? And I, I don't know if you're like sort of comparing the uh, qualities of their voice or, or something. I but thought yeah, you were doing I, like I a know. mad scientist, like a, the island of Dr. Sargent sort of situation <laughs> here. And it's combined different podcasts. Wow. <laughs> What will come from it? Oh, ha, ha. Okay, well, I I'm going to stop now. I can tell you what will come from it on this end, which is two fantastic guests. To my left this week, it is the business unicorn herself, co-host of many fantastic shows, including Conduit and Roboism. Uh, it is our good friend, our pal, the amazing one and only Kathy Campbell. Hi, Kathy. Welcome back. Hi, Dan and Micah. So excited to be here. And I've decided that I think we need to combine. Let's see what Clockwise and Conduit would do together because you have a conduit for electrical and then you have like the clock... Gear mechanics. Uh, I'm voting for Conwise, which is a show about not getting conned. Or how to con others, depending on our audience. better. Stay Um, tuned. (laughs) (laughs) To my left is the head of podcast at DC Thompson, as well as just uh, like one of the the coolest audio engineer kind of people that I know. I get good tips all the time from Christopher Finn. Welcome back to the show, Christopher. Hello. I mean, it's late afternoon here, but I feel like I've really sort of tapped in. Yours feels to be in my time zone. You're all far too energetic and excited (laughs) to be early morning where you lot are. Sorry, our our apologies for that. Well, we'll get this over quick and then it'll be late afternoon where everybody is. I'm sure that's how time works. Uh, uh, Let me kick things off today with my topic. Internet outages seem to be getting bigger. This week, Apple had a couple really big outages that took down a whole bunch of its services. And in the past year, uh, AWS has gone down a few times, which has knocked out a ton of stuff. Meta, at one point, I think, locked themselves out of their own data center. <laughs> do you find that these big like outages, do they impact the way you work? Do they hit tools that you depend on? What do you do in those cases? And what does some of this say about sort of the technological consolidation of us relying on these like fewer and fewer services? Kathy? I think this is a big concern, and especially because it has gotten worse over time and significantly affecting so many things for a longer period of time. Because it's one thing if, oh, it's down for 10 minutes, okay, and then it's back. But we're talking hours of downtime. Um, And obviously, something needs to get fixed. And hopefully, we'll start seeing fewer outages. (laughs) Uh, We'll see. I think the biggest thing for me is when Slack is down. Uh, we do a lot of the work that we do at work through Slack. The good thing is uh, Twit has survived, has existed before Slack did. And so we have uh, plenty of ways to make those things happen. But with lots of people working from home, uh, that does make it kind of difficult. And I can remember there was one day where Slack was out and I was kind of getting ready for the day and uh, trying to figure out how I was going to get the necessary information 
information to a person uh, in a way that they would see it and be able to look at it and, and use it. <laughs> and that was a complicated thing, sort of figuring out the, the different routing systems. So I, it does impact the way that I work when uh, that particular application is or service, I guess, is not working. Uh, Apple's outage did not impact me. Um, and in the past, when there have been outages, they didn't really impact me too much. So sort of lucky in that way. Uh, but overall, I do think that it is something where you want to have uh, a couple of backup options and not to rely on one thing um, that that could potentially go down for whatever reason. So it's always a reminder when that happens, like, oh, we got to make sure we know what else we can use when we need to. Chris, what about you? Well, that's a problem, isn't it? Because as the elder statesman of this podcast, I think I'm the oldest person on the line. I have to hark back to the old days of the internet. And you sort of wonder about why we've managed to paint ourselves into this corner where this utopian, decentralized, free-flowing, hippie ideal has become so dependent <laughs> on these centralized services. Like AWS is the classic example, right? So much of the internet is underpinned by AWS. And when it goes down, we ha- we got problems. Um, for me personally, not particularly. Uh, the, my uh, bigger problem for me is that where I live, the fastest internet connection I can get gives me a whopping one megabyte, so eight megabits <laughs> up. And wow. when you are throwing around gigabytes of audio, as I am on a daily basis, that's a massive pain in the ass. Um, so uh, poor infrastructure aside, <laughs> no, these large outages don't really um, seem to affect me all that much. I will say it's mad. You were talking about the resiliency you have to build into your workflows especially now with so many people working from home and you got to think about what your options are and so often i'll just be like oh well i'll, I'll jump back onto my cell service and, and, and you know I'll just tether to my phone and use that i'm resisting the urge to figure out if chris or i is older uh but that's fine i think we're <laughs> of a similar era and i agree the the centralization has changed so much of what we all depend on uh you know the other the other day with apple stuff going out i ran into a problem where it's like oh i usually check find my to see if my wife is on her way home so i can figure out when i'm gonna start cooking dinner and stuff like that it's like nope i'm back to that old style of just like oh i'll guess i'll make a take a shot in the dark and sort of try and figure that out i mean like like <laughs> or speak to her yeah she might be on the train or something so it's not super convenient but <laughs> it's also one of those things where it's like i think back harken back to my youth where it was like oh we're gonna meet somebody at a place you just tell them a time and you go there and you assume everybody will be there at that time because there's no other way to find out if they're actually coming or not <laughs> but um, that sucks though I it really does it's we can, not we, good we, we, so, so bad we we so often reach for that as an example. I'm not blaming you, Dan, but we so often reach for that as an example of, well, we used to just make a plan and then we stuck to it, being like good people, like good citizens of the earth. Uh, but that was a rubbish no, no way one enjoyed that. conducting it was, relationships. It was, it was terrible. Um, fortunately, my work is generally resilient enough that unless I need to record a podcast at that exact minute, an outage of something doesn't really end up affecting me. It's more like, oh, I just, I'm extra lonely now because I can't talk to anybody on Slack. <laughs> uh, that's one of the virtues of working alone. But it does, it does make me worry about these futures where we have more and more services dependent on fewer and fewer companies and you know, uh, a big situation that we're in right now where for example there could be cyber attacks happening in various vectors like if you can target these big companies you can take out a lot of infrastructure and that means we're potentially vulnerable so it's incumbent upon those companies to do more and more to protect themselves which has its own costs that come with it. Anyways, I'm glad we didn't solve anything, but I'm glad we could commiserate about it. <laughs> uh, let's throw it to our second topic, which is from Kathy. 
All right. Speaking about backups, uh, what is your computer backup system? And when was the last time you checked it? This is a great question. Um, I have the I use Backblaze and then I use uh, Time Machine with uh, it's a it's a device called the Armor Lock. Um, so for Backblaze, obviously, this is an online backup system that will automatically back up my system, as you would expect. Uh, it also backs up any drives that I have connected to it if I want uh, to do that. And then uh, for Time Machine, I don't like using the network feature because I do have network attached storage, but I would always run into issues where um, Time Machine would suddenly stop being able to read the drive and blah, 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 blah. And it was just this huge hassle. And so I had like two or three half finished backups on my network attached storage that just did not work. Uh, so I started using Armor Lock. Um, it's a I think I can't remember if it's USB or if it's Thunderbolt, if it's USB three or Thunderbolt, but regardless, it's a very fast connection. Um, and this is a drive that has sort of uh, built in encryption as part of the system to unlock it and be able to use it. And so that is uh, constantly plugged in and is doing backups. Those run automatically. I haven't needed to check those. Uh, but Backblaze, I do check regularly to make sure that everything's still going as it's supposed to. And then as far as photos and videos that I have, those are constantly updated and backed up to multiple photo sharing services, including Amazon, uh, Google Photos, and of course, uh, my Apple Photos library. So um, what about you, Chris? Back in the... When Time Machine was introduced, for example... Um you, you could just plug in a drive and everything that was on your computer and you only had one computer right. <laughs> would be backed up to that thing. But now with the mix of some things are, are in cloud synced, shared, folded, Dropboxy, iCloudy type things, OneDrive that we use for work. Um, uh, you, you've got your iCloud uh, photos library. I, I guarantee you if you got um, a hundred so-called tech experts in a room and started quizzing them about the difference between iCloud backup and iCloud photos and all that stuff, you would get some people in there who were very confident but who were wrong <laughs> about what those little toggle boxes <laughs> so were actually um, turning off and turning on. So to answer Kathy's question, my day-to-day 16-inch MacBook Pro, Intel, old school, uh, is backed up to a little SSD, a little one terabyte SSD that just gets plugged in over my one cable connection to my Thunderbolt 3 dock. Um, and I, I upgraded to uh, an SSD because I had a lovely old uh, Stark-designed uh, hard disk that made lovely, cricky, clacky Geiger counter noises. But when you're recording podcasts, that's suboptimal. So switch to SSD. Um, on In our home network, we've also got a fire and waterproof uh, dual drive NAS from IOSafe that runs Synology. That is a time machine target for the household computers. So uh, my home computer and my uh, daughter's computer. But I confess, I'm pretty sure that if disaster strikes, I'm boned. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that somewhere <laughs> along the line where I was once so confident that all my stuff was neatly, safely backed up. And I was, I actually had a, I used to have a reminder set to do a quarterly check on my backups. Quarterly is not really often enough, but it was there. Uh, now, <laughs> so that's my answer, Kathy. <laughs> Dan, what about you? Are you doing better uh, than I am? Pretty close, pretty close. Um, I So I have two Macs in my house. I have an iMac, which is my main workhorse machine. I have a MacBook Air. The iMac uh, basically has two USB drives connected to it. They're 
both, I believe, spinning disk drives, but they're sort of smaller bus power drives, and they actually live in the um, the riser that my iMac has to go on so that they're out of sight. Um, one of them contains a uh, time machine drive, and I also use that time machine drive to back up my MacBook Air over the network, so they're both backups are on the same drive because it's like a four terabyte drive, plenty of room for all the stuff I have. And then I also have a second drive there that has a super duper clone that's made nightly, so it's a bootable backup in the case that something really just goes to pot i can sort of just recover from that uh, i also have an nas in the house that uh, i store a lot of files on but it's not really something i back up to so much as it's like a giant archive of files and it you know has a raid on it so it's got like two discs uh, that can be replaced and it backs up to backblaze so i worry about that stuff mainly and i also, sort of, um, you know, like Micah, I have a bunch of stuff in iCloud. I don't tend to back up my photos anywhere else other than like they're on Time Machine, they're on the Super Duper Drive, and they're offsite on iCloud. I know it's not a backup. Don't don't at me. Um, but it's enough <laughs> stuff that I feel very confident about it. I try to keep my, as much stuff as possible in iCloud Drive or Dropbox these days and not rely on having anything on my local machines. Like my MacBook Air is set up to basically be like, if I lose that machine it's fine. Like there's nothing on there that isn't somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Like that is my operating principle for most of my devices I carry with me is if I lose this, it's a pain and I have to replace it and it's expensive, but I don't lose any data. So uh, what was the second part of that? How often do I check them? I'm with Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I think what we've learned today is that everyone, when we get off this call needs to go, just check, just, just touch your backup, make sure it's working. Um, And I, I uh, asked this question, um, um, because my local time machine backup drive apparently is no longer seen by my computer. Oh, no. So I <laughs> need to replace that um, and made me realize, hmm, I should probably double check my Backblaze uh, because I have that check everything. I have a lot of uh, external hard drives that um, store 10 years of photos that I've taken professionally um, that I've actually had to go into when I had like a former client had their house burned down and they wanted their, you know, engagement photos. Uh, I was like, yeah, here, I got them. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. That is two topics down, two topics to go. Of course, that means it's halftime here clockwise. And this week's episode is brought to you by Clean My Mac X. Look, you should be able to rely on your computer. We just discussed this. Uh, it should be in good enough shape to get you to your goals. It should be fast and organized to make working on it a dream. But that is not always the case. If you're a Mac user, you should use Clean My Mac X from MacPaw, who are diligent Mac developers that many in the Mac community trust. Clean My Mac X is an ideal decluttering app for Mac. So what does it do? Clean My Mac X includes 49 tools to find and delete invisible computer junk, helps to tune up the Mac so it runs at its maximum speed. It also organizes disk space, showing you large hidden folders. Plus, you can free up tons of space so your Mac never runs into issues with storage. And it fights Mac-specific malware and adware and protects your computer. Clean My Mac X is notarized by Apple, so you know it's been checked for security by Apple, and it really stands out on design. It makes such a difference when an app is enjoyable to use, so you'll always be discovering new ways to optimize your Mac. Get Clean My Mac X today with 5% off at macpaw.app slash clockwise. That discount is only valid for two weeks. So go now to macpaw.app slash clockwise for 5% off. Our thanks to Clean My Mac X for their support of Clockwise and all of Relay FM. Micah, we are back from halftime and the floor is yours. All right. In this uh, scenario, you have the magical ability to impart one tech tip or bit of tech wisdom on the general public. So you wave your magic wand and whoop, 
Everybody in the world knows this tech tip or bit of tech wisdom. Chris, what does your magic wand impart on the masses? My magic wand impor- imparts the minus symbol and the quote marks to make your Google searching for mm. problems, uh, solutions to your problems easier and better. Mm. So I can't imagine there's anybody listening to Clockwise that doesn't know this. But just in case, if you use the minus uh, symbol or the hyphen in front of a term in a Google search, it will exclude that from your uh, uh, search results, which is often really useful if you're searching for, I know, company names that also are common nouns and you don't want to find things about that thing you want to find the thing about your software and quote marks will mean that google will search just for that phrase within the quote marks as a complete phrase rather than just as a a series of discrete words and the reason this is important is uh second best thing to knowing something is knowing where to find it out uh frankly anybody you you, like the, the most knowledgeable friend you have the geekiest nerdiest friend you have is only ever one google search ahead of you the only thing you can do well to make your tech troubleshooting and tech life easier is to think about how you improve how you search for solutions to your problems so don't search for the problem search for the solution all these things and and being specific about what you do but but i'm getting too detailed so the magic wand has only a limited amount of power that Mike has handed me. The minus operator and double quote marks to uh, bound uh, complete search terms in Google slash Bing slash whatever else uh, search engines you want to use. Uh, what about you, Dan? Uh, you know, the <laughs> it's funny. I was on, I do a weekly radio segment about tech stuff. And uh, one of the things we ended up talking about this past week was I uh, basically passwords and uh, passcodes for phones and stuff. And one of the hosts of the show basically was like, I find passwords too complicated. I just have my passcode to 1234. And I tried not to have my oh. head explode on air. Uh, and I kept saying like, okay, it's very easy. If you can go in, you make your passcode stronger and you have face ID and touch ID to turn on and then you can make your passcode more complicated. You don't have to enter it as much. It's like, nah, it's too hard. I just use 1234. I'm like, oh my God. So I can impart the tip. I can't guarantee people are going to do it because I definitely try to suggest these things. But strong passcode, strong passwords and then the addition of that of a password manager and iCloud keychain which is built into every Apple device I'm sure everybody who's listening or is on the show uses it which is great because you absolutely should it makes it really really easy to keep track of all your strong passwords and not have to worry about actually knowing any password uh if that is too much work for you here is my super dumb tip when you create a new account uh and you're like putting your email and ask you for a password a strong password just smush your hand across that keyboard doesn't matter you're never going to need to use that password again if you ever need to log in and you don't have your password reset your password you could do a lot worse than that so that's my stupid tip if you don't want to turn on icloud keychain but really save yourself the trouble and turn on on iCloud keychain and make a really good passcode for your phone. Kathy, what do you got? That's brilliant. Um, so I would do um, keyboard shortcuts and I'm talking very, very basic cut, copy, paste. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it pains me anytime <laughs> I see somebody right click to cut, copy, or paste. Um, additionally, or even that's advanced rather than go up to the menus. Yeah. A, a, right, a, a right click is pre- that's pretty elite, man. Even even worse. Um, and then specifically, like uh, opening Spotlight on your Mac um, using you know the Apple Space Bar, and like you get to type whatever you want, and it'll find it, and then you can hit enter and it'll open yeah like, i've blown so many people's minds with that 
um, for me, I would sort of impart this montage. There'd be this horrible, chilling music in the background and flash after flash after flash after flash of uh, images of all of the spam and phishing attempts I have seen and recognized <laughs> and caught. So that way, those like everyone would have the knowledge of like, the next time I see this pop up, I know that this is spam. This is a phishing attempt. This is somebody trying to get uh, my data or what have you. Um, I think that essentially what that would impart is a, a healthy skepticism about any kind of online message that, that comes your way. Um, now that we have saved everybody uh, in so many ways, let's move on to our final topic, which comes from Chris. Well, you joined me at the end of three days off work, which is why I'm sitting out in the garden and you can hear birdsong around me. And so far, there have been no uh, chainsaws or streamers or uh, children shouting in the background, which is a positive thing. During that three days off, I finally broke and treated myself to a Nintendo Switch. Mm. Uh, which is lovely. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, obviously, it's been out for a long time, but I find myself Googling the most basic things. <laughs> Do I need to buy a micro SD card? <laughs> um, uh, how to buy Switch games? Like, why is it more expensive to buy the physical? Anyway, uh, so my question really to you is, what was the last time when you felt really dumb when you were using tech? And I guess a supplementary to that is, how did it make you feel about the, the other times that you've been silently screaming inside your head as somebody does something really stupid on a computer in front of you let's start with dan well you know it's funny because i i got a ps5 a couple weeks ago and i found myself doing the same thing because i've had an xbox for years and i was like well i know how to buy games i know how to do all this stuff and i'm trying to like how do i make a friend on ps5 <laughs> how do i make a friend period <laughs> yeah uh but before that oh my god so many things i mean i had to unclog my drain in our house that does that count that's sort of technology related <laughs> i don't know what the hell i'm doing uh but i think the last really like, purely technological thing was several years ago when i was trying to pick up streaming for the first time and using something using obs which is a popular open source streaming software and is very powerful and in the way of all popular, powerful open source programs is extremely unuser friendly. <laughs> and you're sort of like, oh, okay, I have to know about video bit rates and audio bit rates. And like, well, how am I putting things in here? How are they seeing these things? And the fact that with, you know, as always with open source software documentation, very hit or miss at times. So it did make me harken back to my early days of like being a teenager and trying to figure out how to do like, okay, I want to create a web page. Like... I just need to sort of start fiddling around with stuff and seeing how it works. So I agree that at times I feel very frustrated and maybe it's just getting older and losing patience with these things uh, rather than being like, all right, I'm going to do like a two hour deep dive on how to do everything on this particular piece of software or hardware. Um, but I do miss that challenge sometimes because I do like being able to learn new things and sort of uh, dive into them. Uh, it's just, yeah, everything should be at least a little bit easier, I suppose. <laughs> Kathy, what about you? My secret is that I always feel out of depth using tech. <laughs> uh, somehow I managed to hoodwink everyone to allow me to come on clockwise and pretend <laughs> like I'm a tech person. Um, but the the truth is, is that I uh don't really feel bad about it because I know that I have so, so many amazing people in my community that I can ask really dumb questions to and they won't make me feel stupid or can Google a question and make it look like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and 
so that's that's something that I've uh, honed over the years and that I don't feel bad about not knowing something because there's so many things out there that I don't know. Oh, I like that. Um, for me, it's got to be there. So there's a, a, a new protocol uh, called Thread. Mm. And I, it's mm. been around for a little while, but it is a home, a smart home uh sort of communication protocol that lets devices communicate with one another. And it had been in uh, sort of beta uh, in its sort of larger entry into more devices that existed as part of Google's system for a long time. Point is, I uh, wanted to try Thread before we started to see more devices with Thread, before the HomePod Mini came out that had a Thread border router built into it. And so there was a w- there were a few ways to do that with the open Thread border router <laughs> system. And so it involves... Already sort I'm of, confused. Right? <laughs> exactly. So it's it in- not the things that the moon brings around that you have to have the dragons go up and shoot like, unfortunately no. acknowledged um <laughs> so i bought this little device that would serve as the open thread border router i bought um the or I, I downloaded the application, went through a bunch of different tutorials, kind of figuring out how to get it set up. And I just I got to a place where I just had absolutely no idea what I was doing, because it was like, you need to download and install this, but then you also need to uh, be able to uh, run some Android stuff. And I mean, I was just I, I had like six devices tangled around me and, you know, stuff up on the wall that I'm trying to understand. It was just a mess. And so I finally said, you know what? This is one of those things where I just need to be at peace with the fact that I have I do not have the time to really learn this to the point where I'm not just confused and out of my depth the whole time. Uh, Chris, why don't you round us out here? Yeah, I think, but I think there's something of value in that, right? I think we all feel like a dog in a tie sitting yeah. in front of our PCs <laughs> at least at least daily, um, and I think those friends that us take geeks have and we're including you in that kathy uh those <laughs> friends that we have those of us who love tech should take solace in the fact that we're quite often as baffled by stuff as you are and any sufficiently advanced digital system is an analog system <laughs> it just it has its own behaviors it does its own quirky stuff and we just gotta grab onto the tail and ride that tiger that's good. That's a good way. That's good philosophy. All right. That is four topics now. We got just enough time for a bonus topic. And this week's episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Microsoft Lists. Look, we all need to track down information and share it with other people. Hey, that's what we do behind the scenes on this show. We have to come up with topics and be able to share it with other people. But if you're looking for a new way to track and manage work and life from start to finish, Microsoft Lists is here to help you clear your brain space and get organized. And it all starts at lists.live.com. Microsoft kicked off a preview program to try lists with your Microsoft account, all designed for small business and individual use. Start by creating and sharing your list with your work colleagues, partners, your soccer team, or your neighbors. You might create a list of books or movies for your monthly meetings or track home improvement and important receipts throughout the year, or maybe even build out team rosters for your soccer team or volunteer group. At list.live.com, you can get started quickly with ready-made templates, use filters and views to visualize your information, which means you can have one list with many views. Then you can share your list of links to get other people's thoughts and work together. 
You can do a lot with lists. The ready-made templates save you time, or you can start blank and adding exactly what and how you want to track your information. It's super flexible, great for gift list, gift idea lists or issue trackers or receipt collection. Uh, you know, for me, I, I do a lot of receipt collection because I work for myself. I'm self-employed and need to collect all that information to be able to turn over my accountant at the end of the year. So I maintain these very complex, like, like spreadsheets and col- collections of receipts and all this stuff. And honestly, uh, having software that lets me, lets me do that even easier and then share that information with say my accountant or my partner or what have you just would be a, a huge boon. So you can go and try the preview now at no cost. Go to your browser and type in list.live.com. That's list.live.com. Sign up, sign in, and track what matters most. Check it out and let Microsoft know what you like and any feature requests. And our thanks to Microsoft for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, our quick bonus topic. I want to know what is your favorite form of transportation, Kathy? Horseback. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, it just, uh, I, I guess a car, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wish I could just instant that was, transport that was, to be honest. That was tricky. That was tricky for you, Mike. Was, I understand. It was, it was so hard. I don't know. This was uh, a Chris, soft- what about you? <laughs> this was a softball for Chris. Chris, what's yours? It absolutely was a softball. Thank you, Dan. Mine is an e-bike. I adore my e-bike. It's much more than a bike. It is a different thing to a normal bike. So you use it for everything. And I've started recording little uh, snippy snuggets of stuff on TikTok. And well, I'm a 42 year old man. I started using TikTok. Yeah. Um, hey, and welcome. <laughs> welcome to the party. Uh, I, about that, because I think they're brilliant and I would love more people to use them because then we can pressure the governments into putting in better infrastructure structure for us all uh, i think that's great i really like trains especially we just got a new subway line here 10 minute walk for me which is fantastic i'm very excited about that more public transit please hey if you'd like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week you can do so by becoming a subscriber to clockwise just go to relay.fm slash clockwise and you can sign up for just five dollars a month or fifty dollars a year you'll help support the show and every week you'll get that episode that's ad-free and has an extra overtime topic in it in this week's overtime topic we're going to discuss home networking and all that remains now that we're at the end of the show is to thank our fantastic guest this week kathy campbell thank you so much for being here Thank you so much for still allowing me to come on. <laughs> and Christopher Finn, thank you so much for being here. Always a joy. And Micah, we'll be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs>